0: Welcome to Ask of Expert, brought to you by the team at Vexit.com. Our biweekly series is the podcast helping business owners, managers, and professionals thrive in the world of modern work. Here's this week's host, Polly Craig.
1: Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Lisa Ciafalee. If you don't know who Lisa is, she's a very dynamic professional with extensive experience in strategic planning and marketing, facilitation, operational leadership, executive search, coaching, social media, and the list actually goes on. Of particular interest, Lisa also has experience helping family enterprises, private companies, and not-for-profit associations and boards effectively dealing with transition and succession planning. Wow, I wish I knew you a long time ago. Lisa does all of this as a partner with Legacy Bows. As you can see, we could be zeroing on on any number of topics. And for today's episode, Lisa and I are going to explore the importance of employee appreciation and how putting this into action can help you grow your business. This is especially important today as the pandemic continues to teach us valuable lessons about managing teams and working with employees. So discovering ideas such as this that we can implement in our businesses are golden. And Lisa is bringing us her wealth of knowledge in leadership, organizational development, and just her great experience of her past to the table today. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Polly. So Lisa, I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. And before we get going, I have just one quick question for you. I noticed in your bio that you are multilingual. Share with us how many and which languages would that encompass? Okay
2: well my first language was in fact Italian so I learned English when I went to uh, Kinderberg and then growing up in St. Boniface it was just a natural that the schools offered French and Italian and French were so similar So I also speak French. And interestingly enough, when I was in telecom and looked after Belle Quebec, we were always on conference calls, someone actually pointed out that I speak French with an Italian accent, which I was never told before.
1: Wow, that's interesting because you always hear of Parisian French, but you don't really refer to it as Italian French. No, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's great to have you here. Speaking of languages and dialects, this is a good segue into our conversation today as we explore the five languages of appreciation. Author Victor Lipman, contributor to Forbes Harvard Business Review Psychology Today, shared some profound statistics in Forbes that will shape today's conversation. Managers often view appreciation as one of those soft HR concepts that in the hard business world doesn't matter. That is until you see research stats showing that approximately 66% of employees say they would likely leave their job if they didn't feel appreciated. This is up significantly from 51% of employees who felt this way in 2012. Among millennials, the number of employees who'd leave if unappreciated jumps to 76%. This helps account for the overall increase from the 51% figure in 2012 as millennials are becoming the dominant generation in the workforce with a unique set of characteristics and needs. I then came across this current study that compares hard data to the soft concern, but it's a concern that has plenty of hard dollars behind it as dissatisfied employees and turnover are issues costing companies hundreds of billions of dollars on an annual basis. Can you just... Peel the onion on that for us and explain to us, where does that come from? And let's learn a little bit about it.
2: Sure. So I happened upon the book by Gary Chapman, the original book he wrote, which was The Five Love Languages. And it was really targeted towards personal relationships. And then I took the book and I thought, you know, how could I apply this to the workplace? And I happened to be, uh, at the time, the CEO for Junior Achievement of Manitoba. So I had a small team. So I was really able to explore the theories that he presented with respect to my workforce, my team. And so the concept of, it's basically the golden rule we all know of, which is treat others as you would want to be treated. However, the five languages goes one step further, and it's treat others as they would want to be treated.
1: And so so just dig down to that little Treat as they want to be treated, but how do you know how somebody wants to be treated?
2: Right. So interestingly enough, you can see cues by how people want to be treated, by how they treat you. So for example, if you show your appreciation by coming over and sending a little gift, so the whole idea of a housewarming gift, or you come over for someone's, an invite and you bring a gift... That tells me that you value that as well. So uh, you've sent me a clue that that is the same thing. Otherwise, when it comes to the workplace, it really is about asking, asking our employees. Because often when we think of rewards or appreciation, we think about the phrase, we need to treat everyone equally. And we as employers have interpreted that as we have to treat people the same. But in fact, what I explored was we can treat everyone equally and not the same, and we'll actually hit the mark much better.
1: Wow. So that's you know, that is a really interesting point. Excellent. But one thing before we go on, there was an author, Victor Lippmann, who's a contributor to Forbes and Harvard Business Review Psychology Today shared some profound statistics. When you talked about how you identify in the workplace, managers often view appreciation as one of those soft HR concepts that in the hard business world just doesn't matter much. That is, until you see research stats showing that approximately two out of three employees would quit if they didn't get enough of it. 66% of employees say they would likely leave their job if they didn't feel appreciated. And that's up significantly from 51% of employees who felt that way in 2012. Like, that's amazing. That is. So, you know, it helps to account for the overall increase from the 51% figure in 2012 as millennials are becoming the dominant generation in the workforce with a unique set of characteristics and needs. So I'm going to hand it back to you now because you touched on, you know, how we identify and, and you can see the cues and the signals can you encompass, is there a difference depending on the age of a person, their history, perhaps their background? Talk a little bit about the individual people.
2: So I would say what I've noticed, and I've been doing this since 2003, and what I've noticed is it it crosses genders, it crosses generations, it crosses cultures. It really is and. The ability to really connect. So, I will use the example. The easiest example I think everybody could understand is a gift card of $10 to a favorite coffee spot. How often do employers go send off to HR, say, hey, buy everybody a thank you card of $10 to say thank you that we appreciate them? Imagine $10 times how many employees you have, how much money you've spent. However, how many people are you really? Connecting with with that coffee card, and you're not. So the idea of there's a subset who ten dollars times how many employees you're going to connect, and they're going to go thank you. However, someone else will go oh thanks, but I don't drink coffee, so they give it away. Perhaps they are the individual who the language of appreciation is words of affirmation, as in they are the ones who really would appreciate the email that says, I really appreciate what you did with this actual contract. So being very specific. So sending out that email to that person didn't cost the company the $10 gift card, but it went a lot further. So there's individuals, and those are two obvious examples where employers tend to send out to everybody the $10 gift card. Then they also send out the blanket statement, we value you for your time, where you've given it to those people who are like, oh, yeah, I don't need to hear that. I know why I work here. I don't need to hear words of affirmation. I know I feel valued.
1: So let's make sure that we make note of this. So you've got words of affirmation. That's one. Yeah. What would you consider? Is it tangible gifts? There is is another one. Is, Is that the gift card one?
2: Yes, so that's a gift. It could be anything.
1: Okay. Yes, and let's let's go through the others. This is really interesting. Does an HR manager actually track which employee fits into which category so that you can respectfully communicate the way that they want to be communicated with? Or how do you know this? If you have different levels of managers and owner. Because that is really useful information to have. It
2: is. It is. So so the concept from an HR perspective is you're going to treat everyone equally by meeting their language of appreciation. So you've treated everyone equally. Now, per group, and that's what I would suggest to everyone, you don't do it en masse. You do it per work group. You ask that manager to determine the appreciation language for their team. Because then it's tangible and it's not overbearing. You can't let HR do this en masse. Because if you've got 300 employees, it's too hard. You do it per group function.
1: Let's go through. So we've got words of affirmation, tangible gifts, and, and right. ex- extrapolate on any of these if you want. Okay.
2: Number three is time. So you're appreciating them by time. The other one is touch, which is an interesting one. When you think of what does that mean in the workplace versus in a personal
1: relationship. Well, absolutely. Both from a COVID standpoint. Right. And also from sexual harassment or correct. So how do you how do you manage that? Like, and some people don't want to be touched.
2: Correct. So so there's one where you need to explore deeper on what does that mean and how will it work within the workplace? Because but it's as simple as rather than sending a gift card to say thank you for what you did with this client of ours or rather than sending the email thank you for your great efforts you walked over to them and you shake their hand and you're saying right to them thank you so much for what you did so i'm not implying that you they wouldn't appreciate the email but you will have really connected with those three people or right. four people right
1: right and on the time one can you just touch on that because that's where you have fairness some people well how come they're getting more time off and Right. So
2: so time off, interestingly not, it's not necessarily time off. It's the acceptance that time means something different to different people. So you could have in your own subgroup, maybe you've got three individuals who, if you could allow them to come into work 15 minutes later, they will address their school bus issues, their own bus issues, and their getting to the office issues for 15 minutes. And they would be willing to stay 15 minutes extra. You've just given them so much less pressure. They enter the office feeling valued because they're understood that they simply need 15 minutes extra. Right? So it's not you're handing out more vacation time. It's trying to be. And then the final one with respect is acts of service. So that is where it's, can I help you with that? It's not... It's allowing your employees to know that if they are feeling appreciation because you're going to help them. When we used to get boxes and boxes of our delivery programs, they came in binders and they would arrive in the office and you could imagine they're stacked, 12 binders per box. And there was one individual, all I had to do was walk over because they were all Expected Every program manager was expected to hand out their own binders and they knew exactly. There was one, though, who all I had to do was on that day was, hey, do you want me to help you put them on the shelf? And that was the act of service. So you're helping them do something. You're not necessarily helping them do their job, but you're allowing them to say, hey, can I help you with anything with respect to how we're dealing with our client? Yeah, and and it's interesting because what i found is when you've – when you start asking them you can contain it within a management group and it's easy when you realize it so time here's an interesting one this was phenomenal to me when i found out first thing on a monday morning we can all relate to this we as employers we want to get to our desk and we've got certain things people come to your as they get to their desk the people who will come to the door and say hey how's it going you go great how was your weekend and there are certain people who want to share all of their weekend with you those are time people and so recognizing this that a manager going spend more time with that person hearing about their weekend asking them about their kids the next person who waves and says hi how's it going and they walk right by they don't want that they're not in need of time with you so the time you as an employer as a colleague makes with the individual that's when we talk about time, spend some time with them.
0: Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundle, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, Matt at soundoff.network, or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Very
1: fascinating. So I'm thinking back to the last business that I had, and one of the programs that I had was I called it the Birthday Breakfast Club. So, you know, our business grew and we had over a hundred employees. And it was important to understand, is the overall goal of the business and our values aligned with our people? So I would host a birthday breakfast every month, and I would send out personalized handwritten cards to each person inviting them for breakfast. And they knew it was on the second Tuesday of the month at 8 o'clock in the morning at the hotel that, that was next to our office building. And a lot of these people, I didn't necessarily know them because we had a high volume and I was traveling and on the road all the time. But what it did was it allowed an opportunity to authentically, because I did care deeply about understanding, did they have questions about the business? Did they understand what it is that we are trying to accomplish and that we're serving our customers and and our employees to achieve X, Y, Z. And by listening and giving them an opportunity to give their input and hear them, a lot of them felt that that was probably number one reason why they stayed with us was because they felt like they were being listened to. And they were being, because I would take things back saying, you know, we have an issue here. There's a misalignment that I could say to a manager. It was very helpful to them. Or I could go back and say, we have a superstar over in this area here that did you know that they worked in IT and in this company in another city for X years and we may want to look at honing in on those skills and and giving an opportunity. So it kind of falls into what you're talking about here, but maybe just in one or two of these where people they want to be heard. Mm -hmm. And so that's appreciating what they have to say and and what they have to contribute to a company and that are wanting to grow with a company and have an impact. So I just thought I'd share that because it was probably one of the most fulfilling things that I would do as a business owner, because I love that connection with the people who are doing all of the work and serving our customers.
2: And, and And that aligns well with a lot of what we're hearing now, especially in these COVID times. With people being at home and able to showcase what they do on a day to day basis to their partner or to their friends, they're getting insight into their work environment by someone else commenting. And so, those organizations who haven't been treating their employees well are at the end of it going to pay for that because for eight months or nine months, there's been a partner perhaps at home saying, you know. That shouldn't really be happening, or do you always get spoken to that way, or do you really need to put up with that, and they're going to be self-reflective, and we see that, that people leave because of how they're treated. It's not because of money. It's rarely about money.
1: You think about COVID and the impact, and because businesses had to, were forced to change, uh, people now working from home, some people will want to go back to the office, others will prefer to be home have you had any conversations with your clients about helping them manage through that and how do you communicate and connect and shift your business model to make sure that you retain employees who may want to work in a new situation for the long term
2: well yes and we have we've uh, we've been invited in to look at business models without a doubt And I think the number one area that we can look at is if you could get as close to -to one-to-one, that would be ideal. But realistically, employers can't do that and employees need to recognize we can't go one-to-one and create a special situation for each employee. But the closer you could get to that, because it does afford its opportunities. So for example, if and when the organization says, everyone back to your downtown office. If there is an opportunity that there is a seasoned group of individuals who could work from home and they want to work from home and everyone understands that that group is at home, now you've opened up office space, for example, for the company to grow and bring in, let's say, junior people who need to be trained and mentored and need to learn the culture. And yeah, now you've got an option. So again, it goes back to that, not treating everyone the same, treating them equally by giving them a choice.
1: Right. So then you think, okay, so all of the world has changed. Getting back to appreciation in particular and the impact that has on employee retention. And often, you know, we just, as business owners, we may look at our our numbers and say, well, our retention numbers are within the required range or you know we've budgeted for this or that what how do you measure what does it cost a business to lose an employee and how can we use appreciation how do we measure ROI on implementing an employee appreciation program vis-a-vis employee retention in the workplace
2: i think the best way to measure that is without a doubt, how many people are leaving, but why are they leaving, right? We know it costs a great deal to train them, as we know. The cost of appreciation, again, is high when employers think of it as a blanket statement and saying, well, you you have to treat everyone the same, you can't treat them differently. That's actually when the costs are higher, So I'll give you an example that I've introduced and it's called, I called it the Christmas wish list and it's tied very closely to this. I offered to my team the idea that, and we do this in October, please send me two Christmas wishes that we, the organization, will grant you one of them. Now, the criteria is this and the criteria is, Uh, You can't ask for more time off. You can't ask for any more vacation. You can't ask for an increase in your salary. It has to be reasonable, and I don't define reasonable. I don't want you to talk to anyone else about your specific wishes. I want them to be wishes that are really specific to you, and I want to hear the why behind each wish. Why is this important to you? So we launched that in October. And they have to let me know what the two wishes are in November. And then right before December, before we close off for Christmas, we announce the wishes. And how do we announce the wishes? I let them know which wish they've been granted. And they then share with their team why it was important to them. And every year that I've done this, I learn more and more. First of all, I learn so much about each employee because they're sending me a personal email. So, and interestingly enough, the reasonableness is there. We had one individual, for example, wanted to receive a milk frother in the kitchen. Because she was used to every Christmas Eve, they would get together at home in the Philippines and have hot chocolate with this milk frother. And I would love to be able to come into work every day and I have hot chocolate. This was the story. That's it. Amazing. It wasn't even a personal one. It was for the office. So that year she told her story. We got a milk frother for the kitchen and we gifted her one as well to take home with her. Right. Someone else asked for time, interestingly enough. Right. They said, "Um, I would like to be able to during the months of July and September, if there's any way I could leave an hour earlier because my husband starts a new shift and he's now working on the weekend. And so this would allow us an extra Friday afternoon off. So the key to all this is everyone has to hear everyone's wishes because they equally agree. They will cover off each other's space because to one, it was a gift to another. It was the hour or someone who was sharing custody And so all she wanted was if one day a week, I could come in half an hour later and I will make up the time so that I can walk my son to the bus stop because I never get to. That's how these things came about. So what we learn in our, you know, our uh, end of year session, and this year I learned something as well for someone who doesn't celebrate Christmas. They said, this is my end of year request. And I said, thank you for that. You have taught me. And so I said, your end of year request has been granted. But when everyone gets to present it, we we hear a little bit about them. One individual asked for, they said, we used to get, every year, my grandmother used to give every grandchild a box of toffee faye and a hand-knit, crocheted coaster. And since 2018, my grandmother's passed away, and I haven't been able to buy myself a box of Toffee Fae for that reason. That's what she asked for.
1: Amazing.
2: It is, yeah. The ability to connect with your employees. And the other side of it too, believe it or not, when I said reasonable, there are people who ask for a trip for me and my wife to Disney World. Well, okay, (laughs) but that's not going to happen, right? But you're learning from that too. (laughs) Exactly. You learn from the individuals who ask for four wishes, Absolutely. Right? And we're only going to grant one. I I introduced something new this year, and I said, because I kept having people say, oh, and the criteria was, the wish has to be so good that when we grant it, I want it to be such a good one that if you're sitting around the fire or on the beach with your friends, you say, my employer is so good because they granted me this wish and this is what it meant to me. That is the criteria. I want it to be so good that you will praise working here. And some people said, I love working here. I I don't need a wish. So I offered them, if you don't have anything for yourself, you can re-gift your wish to someone else. And not that they get to pick, but that you gift something to them. Well, I'm just moved by the fact that some people said, yes, I would like to wish this person because they've had a really tough time of it. I'd like to send them a bottle of wine.
1: So by taking initiative and putting a program in place that is unique, Mm -hmm. then they're talking about it. I mean, it really ties into, it shows appreciation in a more a blanket sense, but you're giving them the ability to see if the values are aligned. They define what's reasonable. Yeah. And then you all get to celebrate together. And you can bet that when they're around friends or having Mm -hmm. a dinner party, that they're talking about the story about the end of year gift that your, their company does. Yes. Yes. Well, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. So, so much we can get out of appreciating people. And I loved how you tied it together in treating people equally, but not necessarily the same. And the meat that you provided in not only the book that you referenced, but I could see too, that it could apply to companies of any size First, when you were speaking, I thought, well, I can see that working with a smaller company, but in your experience in larger organizations, people are people. And I assume because you can do it by department and in other ways. So have you seen it successfully implemented in companies of all sizes?
2: So I'll give you two examples. One in a company that I was in, which was large, where it didn't fly. I was told, we don't do things this way you will not do this for your team because otherwise everyone else will have to. And I said, great, I'll share it with every other group. And it was cut down. So for me, here was an interesting, they were taking a very hard and fast HR rule and bringing it down. And it was kiboshed. Oh. Now in another company that I worked with early on, they had called us, it was a manufacturing firm and they had retention issues. So interestingly enough, we ran an employee engagement survey and we asked them as part of the engagement, you know, what do you value? We asked the question of benefits and not, it was interesting, not like healthcare, eye care. We said over and above that, is there anything that really matters to you and means to you that that the company could say that would show you that you're valued? Because the company, for example, was doing, you know, hot dog lunches which the senior team believed in it. And when I challenged them, well, how did you find out? Did they say they like, and they said, no. Well, we found really interesting things. For example, you can imagine a large manufacturing firm. They've got this beautiful front gardens, right? Everybody, the company spends X number of thousands of dollars in the spring doing the gardens and then in the fall cleaning them up. We actually found out there was a group of employees who would have loved to have done that. On their breaks, could we handle the gardening and that? What an easy fix. The company still paid the same amount of money and allowed them, but it was a group. They became the gardening committee. And they brought it forward.
1: Absolutely. And I think in any company, we have to really look and value and appreciate what it costs us to replace people that leave. And if they're leaving for the wrong reasons... And if it takes just a little bit, it doesn't have to take a lot. If the values are aligned and you have someone that is of value to the organization, invest in them. And investing doesn't necessarily mean money. It means appreciation. And I think today that you've really given us guidance on, on how we can do that and be effective and grow our companies. So, Lisa, before we go, what haven't we touched on that you would like to share with the audience?
2: If this sounds, for those individuals who say, I'm not wired this way, I'm too black and white, then what you do is look at the job descriptions, and if you think of 80% of everyone's role has to be core to what you've hired them for, is there something that they can do where their 20% cuts into something else that they would love to do? So, for example, if they volunteer through their community center to do X, well, is that a possibility at work? So, there is always a chance for professional development from the employee's end of it. But from your end of it, all you've done is taken a job description. And what I've seen with so many individuals is they will do more if they value it and they're having fun and they enjoy it. So, I think we can look at job descriptions and add to them based on what again what the employee values
1: well and for every employee that can get up in the morning and look forward to going to work for that very reason then as business owners we've done the right thing by appreciating our people yes well, Lisa, thank you so much. This has been a fantastic conversation. I think it's going to be a little bit longer than our normal podcast. And just a reminder, everybody can find all of this wonderful information and the tips and the details will be in the show notes. Thank you for being with us, Lisa.
2: Thank you for having
1: me, Polly. And to you, our listeners, I hope you found a lot of value in today's episode with Vexpert Lisa Chefalet.
0: The Ask of Expert podcast is a production of Exit and distributed globally by the Sound Off Media Company. You looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man podcast. Join me, host Mike C., as we explore all areas of human wellness physical, mental, and emotional.